horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, well, we're closing in on the first Friday and Saturday in May. And to horse lovers, that can only mean one thing. It's time for the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby. Hello, everybody. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for joining us here on Winning Ponies. I do want to remind you that uh, we are going to have our Triple Crown uh, prizes for free. Take a free shot at uh, uh, 21 uh, $200 cold cash for the winner, and second place gets 100 winning cre- credits to buy what you want on winningponies.com. Third is 75, fourth is 50, and fifth is 25, and we're even going to help six and seven giving out some T-shirts and baseball caps. So I uh, want to remind everybody, just go over to winningponies.com, and we'll take entries until 6 o'clock on Saturday. Not bad. The gates open 50 minutes later, so one entry per person, and you want to pick uh, one, two, three, and the best time. All right. Well, we've got some great guests for you tonight. Uh, some of my favorites, uh, uh, Dan Illman's going to be w- with us from New York, uh, Rich Ng from Las Vegas, and Ed Meyer from Kentucky. You've heard them all before. As you know, there's some of my favorites uh, out there, so I try not to tap them too much, but they're all great about coming on the show. And, of course, uh, be sure to come over and take our easy win forms. Uh, Derby and Oaks time, the pools are so big, you can make big bets, and it really, really won't be affected very much at all. Well, of course, uh, before we get to Dan Illman, uh, unless you've been living in a cave, if you follow racing, you know that Omaha Beach, the morning line favorite for the Derby, will not run after they found out that he had an entrapped epiglottis. Now, basically, that's a, a part of your throat that uh, affects your, your breathing and your eating ability. It's not uh major surgery the jocks just go up there and uh put the flaps together and you're ready to go technically he could probably make the belmont but knowing richard mandela he's going to take the the safe way home he's got a great horse there i mean he's already won over 1.1 million dollars with him he has an excellent pedigree so i'm guessing they'll take him back to the west coast after he gets treatment he's in kentucky now i believe that the operation takes place today or tomorrow but again nothing major happens a lot just doesn't happen ever, all the time to the favorite in the Kentucky Derby. Well, uh, any news after that's kind of minor, and uh, I do believe that I'm lucky enough to have on hold with me Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum. Dan, are you with us? I'm with you. It's always great to talk to you, John, especially before Kentucky Derby weekend. It's the best time of year for a racing fan. Absolutely. Well, I've been locked and loaded on out of the gate for days. Uh, I've been mainlining it. I might have to come down after the races are over, but uh, it was great stuff. You always have great guests uh, with uh, very uh, interesting angles. What what I like about the last couple editions is a lot of your guys, uh, you're on there with Mike Beers and, um, oh, help me here, help me. Our good uh, friend, Matt Bernier. Our good friend, Matt Bernier, is often on the show. Um and uh, a lot of you guys like the same horse as I do, so I feel pretty good about that. And what's good is 
they're almost all going to be a price. Now, w- with Omaha Beach out of there, you know, I know a lot of people uh, that were going to key that horse on top of, of many of the others that we'll talk about tonight. Uh, but it's certainly, you know, it took me back. I watched the horse gallop on Monday. I went over uh, when he was cooling out, getting his bath. And, you know, Mandela always shows love on his horses. And he just looked 100%. But you know what? You're not looking in the horse's throat. You're looking at the picture on the outside. It's a shame we're going to lose him, but it sure does shake things up in this year's Kentucky Derby. You said it all. It really is a shame because this is an extremely talented horse. We saw that in both of his starts at Oaklawn Park where he turned back two extremely talented Bob Baffert trained runners that both of them who will be running on the first Saturday in May. And we still might have one more defection in the Kentucky Derby. Remember that Heikal has been battling in foot abscess for trainer Kieran McLaughlin and his participation on Saturday is dependent on whether he will go out and train tomorrow. They have been working diligently on the horse's hoof, but whether, you know, he trains tomorrow or not, whether he runs or not on Saturday, I mean, boy, if he runs, it's not exactly the most ideal preparation in the world. So a lot of drama over the last 36 hours or so leading up to this Kentucky Derby. Well, you know, one thing that, uh, I'd ask my listeners to do is go online at drf.com and check out Mike Welch's clocker reports because it's funny before this was even made public, Dan, he gave hints in his clocker report that he just wasn't crazy about the way high Kyle was going. No, Mike uh, has an eagle eye. He is out there every morning. He understands the way a horse moves, the way a horse is supposed to move, and he follows these horses so often, he understands their own little quirks and personality traits. So if he sees High Call a little bit off, he knows what High Call is supposed to be doing. And you can find a lot of his video reports for the last two weeks at video.drf.com. We have Mike Welsh's daily clock reports leading up to this race, and yes, he has not been happy with the way High Call has been training, and I'm sure Kieran McLaughlin is not happy about this little foot problem. No, no, not not at all. And I, I will say uh, he was my pick in the wood. I felt pretty good about that. It was a, a decent payoff that day. Uh, came back, uh, ran third, the Wood Memorial. But uh, one of my top three picks, uh, Tacitus, uh, put in a, an eventful and what I thought uh, was an impressive performance uh, right there in your backyard uh, in New York in the Wood Memorial. I agree a thousand percent. I think Tacitus is coming up to this Kentucky Derby the right way because you want one of these inexperienced horses to have already shown that they can overcome adversity. And Tacitus, in his first start in the Tampa Bay Derby, no, he didn't have a lot of trouble, but he was very professional in and among horses, in between horses, rallying late to win that race. And then, as you mentioned, in the Wood Memorial, he was completely bumped off stride in the first eighth of a mile, steadied again for another time in the second eighth of a mile and then he was perfectly content to sit in behind horses down towards the inside he angled to the outside and while he was drifting in a bit late I think it's because it was only his second start of the year for trainer Bill Mott he was going a mile and an eighth for the first time he had every right to get tired after that really difficult trip I think this horse is bred to run all days by Tappet he's a Judmont homebred uh, listen his buyer speed figures are going the right way and even in his most recent workout that Mike Welsh talked about on drf.com he encountered a little bit of trouble there was some company that was unintended he ran into a michael trombetta pair and you know something he did not come out of it the worse for wear so this horse has overcome some adversity and you know when they break from the gate with 19 other horses there is going to be a scrum going into the first turn i like the fact that tacitus is battle tested i think he runs a big race on saturday
Yeah, and uh, depending on you know who is going to go out and and set the pace, uh, he's the type that can kind of sit off it from what I've seen. And really, to watch him in the mornings, Dan, he has such a fluid stride. Particularly the later it goes in his workouts, the more he seems to relish it. And something that we haven't even touched upon <laughs> is the fact that he can't get much more impeccably bred than being by three-time leading sire Tappet out of an Eclipse Award winner, Close Hatches. So I don't think distance is any question. Could be traffic, you never know, but boy, he is one beautiful horse to watch train in the morning. No, you're absolutely right. He's going to run as far as they write races. It's as simple as that. He has that classic pedigree, and we cannot also uh, discuss uh, enough. He has winning experience over a wet track, and it is unfortunate. The weather forecast on Saturday, we always want a fair and fast track on Kentucky Derby Day and the sun to be shining over my old Kentucky home, but it just appears that it's going to rain again, and Tacitus does have winning experience on and off track. So that's something to keep in mind mind of uh, late in the day on Oaks Day and all through the Derby card, see if there are any biases, see if maybe a wet track produces a lightning fast rail or a deep rail that produces outside closers. Very important for handicappers to pay attention all day long, especially during wet conditions. I hope you folks are listening. And while we're talking about uh, the weather, and you've stated it very correctly, and and it could be hit or miss, and that track does dry out fast, but you just don't know. So if you're going to be looking at that and putting it in to your wagers, which you don't want to get shut out the window, I I think – improbable may move up off a sloppy track. Uh, I know it says sloppy sealed, but you saw the Arkansas Derby. That was a quagmire. And the fact that uh, he was only beaten a length and he never stopped trying by the horse that would have been favored in here, Omaha Beach, improbable may move up a couple lengths in the slop. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I think improbable is all racehorse. My one concern is that before the Arkansas Derby, if you recall, he threw a fit in the gate. And he had to be backed out, and he had to be backed out again, and then they put him in the gate. And he ran a really nice race behind Omaha Beach, who, as we know, would have been the favorite in the Kentucky Derby. I wonder how this horse is going to react with 100,000 screaming racing maniacs yelling at him as he goes into the gate before the Kentucky Derby. I do like that Bob Baffert is removing the blinkers. I don't think he needs the blinkers. I think he was too keyed up in the blinkers. But I think he can handle a wet track. He is a strong contender. He has not run a bad race at all. And you're right, his race over a wet track was just fine. If you're looking for horses maybe with wet track pedigrees in this race, I would consider the horses sired by Candy Ride. They do seem to do very, very well. According to Formulator, they win over 20% of the time on wet dirt tracks. So we have Vacoma, who should be forwardly placed and is coming into this race in good form. And of course, the two-year-old champion game winner, who's been a, a hard luck loser in both of his races this year. Both of those horses really really have the pedigree to appreciate a wet track. Absolutely. And, and again, you know, he may have been a lot of people's top pick uh, with or without Omaha Beach in the race. Let's talk a little bit about last year's undefeated champion game winner. Mike Beer and I have an argument about game winner, and maybe he's right because he's sort of taking the uh, the sort of improbable approach, where uh, uncommon approach, where most folks won't 
side with him in the argument, let's just say. He believes the game winner hung in the Rebel, and I don't believe that at all. I thought that in the Rebel stakes, he made a four-wide bid with less than a half mile to go. Omaha Beach had all his way on the lead. And we have to remember this was game winner's first start of the year. I thought game winner tried hard all the way down to the wire. I think that's what sort of separates game winner from some of these other horses is his gameness and determination. And I'll argue that he was the best horse in the Santa Anita Derby. While Roadster beat him, you have to remember the game winner was basically hung out wide every step of the way. And I don't think he saw Roadster coming on the far outside late in the game. He was so focused on putting away Instagram down towards the rail. He never saw a Roadster. Game winner to me is coming up to this race the right way. And like Tacitus, he just looks like a horse that the longer the distance is, the better it's going to be for him. He's my second pick in this race behind Tacitus. I just think they're both coming up to the race the right way. They're both trained by master horsemen. They're both bred for a wet track, and they both want distance. Well, uh, a horse we haven't talked about that I think is kind of sneaky smart in here is win, win, win. And I know that you probably watched that workout the other day where he wasn't supposed to be gobbling up all that ground as late as he did. Of course, a lot of people think he shouldn't have been gobbling up that much ground in the bluegrass. As long as he doesn't get too far back with his current conditioning, I think win, 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 and the fact that they're going back to his original jockey uh, is going to be a horse to watch. They got him listed at 15 to 1. He's going to be on every ticket I make. Well, I hope that the folks that watch out of the gate, or at least the DRF race of the day, of course, the Kentucky Derby on Saturday, we have that expanded preview. My good friend and colleague, Matt Bernier, loves win, 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 and he is picking him to win this race. And you will know after the first eighth of a mile whether win, win, win has a chance, because this is a very big horse that often does not break well from the gate. I'm looking at my formulator past performances where I have my notes right there in the PPs right now. Now, I'm going back to the Heth States. My first thing says sluggish start. The Pasco, half slow. The Tampa Bay Derby, half slow and pinched a bit early. The Bluegrass, half slow. If he breaks even a half length slow in the Kentucky Derby, he is going to be behind a crush of horses and perhaps eating sloppy kickback. That, I do not think, is a recipe for a victory. But this horse has a tremendous amount of talent. There is still a little bit of a question as to how far he wants to go. His one big race came as a late-running sprinter in that Pasco. But I think he ran well in both the Tampa Bay Derby and the Bluegrass. As I said in the Tampa Bay Derby, pinched early, very wide on the backstretch, tried hard in the lane, and in the Bluegrass, we saw him get steadied hard on the far turn just when he was commencing his rally, and he still was running to finish second. This is an under-the-radar horse, to be sure. Okay, Dan, let's go down to the rail because things may change if High Kale uh, decides not to go in the race. War Will's going to get a little bit of a break off the rail because if if they scratch down that much, they move outside, which I think is fair. Um, he doesn't have a world of early speed, but he can run on or towards the lead. Now, uh, before the Louisiana Derby, he, he was my derby pick. Uh, just watching him in the Lecompte and the Risen Star uh I mean, he's absolutely gorgeous. Same angle as Omaha Beach, a war front that they tried on the turf, moved to the main track, and uh, he has won authoritatively on a sloppy track. Um, that race, though, a couple jumps out of the gate, I, I, I mean, I thought, I was scared. I mean, I, I won't even tell you what I thought, but I, I, I didn't think the outcome was going to be as good as it was. And having Mark Cassie bring him back with two bullet works, 
at uh, Keeneland and Churchill. Actually, two at Keeneland and one at Churchill. If he's back on his toes, I, I may just bet him separately, you know, as my long shot to like. They got him listed at 20 to 1. Um, but but the, the other thing is, Dan, do you think that putting in such a clunker and having to come back like he's come back is just too much to overcome on the first Saturday in May? I usually don't like taking horses coming off bad races leading up to big races like the Kentucky Derby or the Breeders' Cup. And you, I agree with you 100% with everything you said about War of Will. The way he won the Lecompte, the way he won the Risen Star, he is a big, beautiful-looking horse with the tactical speed to get a good position early. And in the Louisiana Derby, about three strides out of the gate, it looked like his back legs just gave out from him. Yeah. And you're right. I was very scared for War of Will. The fact the fact that he was even in the race and in contention at the quarter pole shows that this is a talented horse. Uh, after that race, I fully expected the injury report. He'll be out for six months, etc. Instead, you're right. He's not only working fast, but if you go to the Keeneland website, they have a very valuable feature called Clocker Comments. And the Clocker's comments for War of Will's workouts are sensational. They were wowed by what this horse has been doing in the morning. So I'm going to throw the Louisiana Derby out, and I'm going to assume he's going to run his Risen Star. Now you have to ask yourself whether that race is good enough to win the Kentucky Derby. And to me, it doesn't really matter if it's post one or post two. If he doesn't break running, he's going to get shuffled back behind a lot of horses. The good news is, John, he's got a win over a sloppy track at Churchill Downs. Absolutely. And let me tell you, he is eye-catching. He's really, really, uh, yeah, he really is. And uh, Mike Welsh even said, basically, in watching his works, he he wants to go faster than the riders letting him go. He was kind of, the rider was fighting him, but not fighting him in a bad way, you know, just saying, whoa, boy, save it for, save it for the mile and a quarter, which can be a very good sign. So we'll, we'll find out, but, uh, you know, we, we, we've talked about so many horses. I think you got to get together with some buddies and do some boxes here because so many horses in here, well, let's face it, it is the Kentucky Derby, but we've made a great case for five horses that could easily win this race. John, you could make a great case for 11 horses in this race, or 12. It's that wide open now that Omaha Beach is scratched. I mean, we haven't even talked about the fastest horse coming into this race, at least on the buyer speed figure scale, and that's the number seven maximum security. Look at those last two <laughs> buyer speed figures, 101, 102, and he won that 102 by 18 and a quarter lengths. There's a good chance that he can get to the lead in the Derby, and if he does, he doesn't have to face that sloppy kickback. Maybe he's a little bit of a sleeper. I know folks are down on him because he walked on the lead in the Florida Derby and it's true. He had a very easy pace that day. But how can you knock a horse that's four for four in his career and he's won by a combined something like 35 lengths? Well, shades of war emblem and spend a buck. He could go from flag fall to that's all. We just don't know where the ceiling is for this horse yet. You know, he, he's by, you know, an indistinctive uh, uh, sire, but, but who's a, a son of street cry. Gary and Mary West, you know, they race a good horse and they ra- it looks like they raised a good one here. And again, you know, four for four, you can't knock him. And like I said, he's, he's going, like you said, he, 
he's going to get to the front rather easily from what I've seen. And yes, the last half mile was 48 and four, but the race before that, when he won by 18 and a half, he went in 45 and three and still drew off by 18 and a half. So yes, like you said, we could talk about 11. We're probably on number six or seven now, <laughs> but you know, uh, I just think it's going to be a great wagering opportunity. I th- think you're going to see double digit horses, you know, uh, finishing one, two, three, and just a super opportunity for, for people betting the Derby this year. There's, no, and there's no American Pharaoh and no Justify in there. You're absolutely right. Not only just from a win perspective or a single race perspective, but remember that the Derby is part of all sorts of exotic wagers. You have races leading up to the Derby, like the Pat Day Mile. And if you think you can beat Instagram, who will be the heavy favorite in that race, boy, all of a sudden you've got a lot of value leading into your Derby. So there's going to be a lot of chances to make scores. And that's what this game is about. It's always nice to cash tickets and say, I have the winner. But on days like this, you want to make scores. Well, Dan, all I could say is we're talking with Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. Go to DRF.com. Uh, you and your team do an outstanding job of providing us with uh, very much up-to-the-minute information. And I love the fact that, you know, the great thing about this sport is we all have different opinions. But, boy, your guys have a good way of, of stating their case. And uh, I, I'm, it, it's hard being on the jury listening to those guys. I really appreciate that, John. And again, everybody, head on over to video.drf.com if you have time over the next couple of days because we have all the stakes previews for all of the graded races at Churchill Downs plus Mike Welsh's clocker reports and lots, lots more. Uh, Dan Elman, you're the best. Thanks so much for joining me and have a great Oaks Derby weekend. John, best of luck to you and to everybody listening tonight. All right. Dan Elman, love that guy. He's got a great delivery and uh, his his way of stating his case is always excellent. But of course, we stated the case for uh, at least a third of the field. And that's the way this year's Kentucky Derby is going to be. So let's go from New York to Las Vegas and weigh in with another great handicapper, Rich Ng. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and back with me, a regular on winningponies.com from Las Vegas. Rich Eng, how are you, my friend? Hey, real good, John, and uh, very glad to catch up with you again. The, the Derby, it uh, didn't seem like that long ago when uh, Justify came around and, uh, and won the Triple Crown, and here we are again, another, another series Triple Crown race. Yeah, and sad to say, here we are again. It's supposed to be raining in Louisville, but they're, they're talking for spotty rain. So, you know, things come and go and things change. So uh, I'm hoping that the spot at 650 is cloudless and uh, and we get a clean clean derby in. Well, you know, I, I want to talk derby with you. Did you get a chance to look at a race called the Kentucky Oaks? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I did actually full card handicapping for both the Oaks and the Derby uh, for different people, so uh, it's out there. But, yeah, oh, I looked at the Oaks. Great. Well, uh, I want to get to the Derby with you, but since uh, uh, I, I went so uh, long with uh, Dan Illman on, on the Derby, let, let's chime in on the Oaks. I know people are interested in that, and there is the Oaks Derby double. Um, you know, obviously, this is the one race where, you know, I guess you could say on paper – that there's a horse that has the targets on its back, and that would be Bella Fina, uh, who just uh, was sensational last year uh, as a two-year-old and is now undefeated as a three-year-old. But you know what, Rich? And I, you know, you know, I'm a kind of a chalky guy. I think there might be a chink in her <laughs> arm. Well, I, I know she, the one time she stumbled last year was at Churchill Downs in the previous yeah. juvenile fillies. That was the worst race of her career. Yeah, and I, I watched her go on Monday, and, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't have the world's greatest eye, but it ju- she just seemed, nothing wrong physically, but she just seemed uncomfortable with the surface. So if that is the case, um, that opens the door for what I feel are some real legitimate long shots in here, uh, one being Lady Apple, uh, the other street band. Don't forget, Larry Jones has won this race three times, a- and 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 uh, finish up the track or win by ten. Sarah Gentry, Empress, if they've fixed up her bleeding issue, uh, and then you got Motion of Motion, the Speed of the Speed. Uh, do, do you think that the Oaks is set up for uh, uh, an upset of Bellafina? Well, if she's if she's right, she's far and away the the best filly in the race, and. Uh, I made her a strong selection in my handicap, but if something happens and you know she doesn't show up with her A game, uh, I, I know my second choice in the race was the the McPeak filly, uh, Restless Rider. Uh, uh-huh. The main issue with her is that difficult post position, but you know that's why I hire a rider like Brian Hernandez to try to figure out a way to sneak inside from post fourteen and save a little ground before you get to the first turn. But this horse is closed very well. Uh, been never worse than second and seven career starts. So, you know, that's a strong a candidate. I think you mentioned a couple of horses that uh, I think would, would I would give a shot to for sure. One of them is uh, a motion of motion, uh, speed ball from the Thomas Van Bergbarn, Mike Smith rides. Another one is positive spirit. It's kind of caught my eye. 
uh, pretty good race in the Gazelle last time out. Well, uh, also, uh, you know, we've got to look. Uh, I think the weather tomorrow, which is Oaks Day, is going to be halfway decent. So I don't know if I should start looking, you know, at the slop horses or not. I'll, I'll know when I'm driving down in the morning. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it will be interesting. Now, the only other thing, you know, and again, I'm looking for a chink in her arm, is Bellafina, the largest field she's run against this year, has been with five horses. Yeah, when you look at it, the last three races, John, she's been in five, five, and four horse fields, and now she's going to face 13 others. That's more than she's faced in uh, all those three races combined, when you think about it. Absolutely, and I am not knocking the horse, but I'm just saying there's reason to maybe put a little more faith in some of these horses with big odds, and I I do believe that she'll be bet solidly, but I'm not saying I'm betting against her, but I'm not going to key her on top of every ticket. So we're we're talking with Rich Ng uh, with us, and now he did uh, give us his insight on the Grade one Kentucky Oaks was this tomorrow, but let's go into Saturday's race. Uh, you, like everybody else, I'm sure, went, oh, no, when you heard about Omaha Beach and how quickly that changed the complexion of this race. Yeah, that's uh, really uh, criminal for trainer Richard Mandela, who's already in the Hall of Fame, and uh, the Kentucky Derby is one of the very few trophies that uh, he hasn't won in American racing, and it sure looked like he had the goods with uh, Omaha Beach, but, you know, this whole entire field looked pretty evenly matched. You know, when I handicapped it, you know, the four obvious favorites were Omaha Beach and the three Baffert horses, the game winner and Probable and Roadster. And, you know, the thing that struck me about the way they'd been racing against one another is they all the races among those four horses were settled by uh, heads and necks and half lanes. I mean, they were all very close verdicts even though Omaha Beach beat, you know, two of the Baffords. And it made me kind of look around and see, well, is there somebody who might be able to, to, to gobble up those four horses? And actually, my top choice is uh, not any of those four. I, I went for a horse who uh, was 10-1 to 1 in the morning line. I got moved to 8-1. to 1. But my top choice uh, in my products is uh, the 7, maximum security. Aha, uh-huh. you're going for the speed, huh? <laughs> well, you know, I heard you talking to Dan before I came on, and, you know, I, some of the pace projector people are saying there's no way this horse can get to the lead, and they're using the, the fractional breakdown of the Florida Derby, which had a very tepid half mile, and, uh, you know, they finished strong, but the early fractions, the internal fractions were pretty pedestrian. But uh, as I heard you say, the race before that, this horse had the lead in a seven furlong sprint in 45 and three-fifths seconds. That's plenty fast enough to, to get the lead in the Kentucky Derby if he wanted to run that fast on Saturday. Because remember last year's uh, Kentucky Derby half mile of justifying uh, promises fulfilled, I believe they went 45 and four-fifths on, uh, on a sealed racetrack. And uh, Justify did that and never stopped. Well, well, we'll find out, you know, I mean... You know, it's hard to bet against a horse that's that's never been beat, uh, but it is interesting how things have changed over the years. I mean, everybody would have been saying, what are you kidding me? A horse with only four lifetime starts? But in this day and age, mm-hmm. uh, that that's closer to the norm. <laughs> yeah, when you think about it, and I look at the first start, uh, John, the first start was December 20th. That's only 11 days from 2019, this could have been another Apollo-type horse if uh, this horse had waited 10, 10 or 11 days. 
Absolutely, and everybody would have been pointing that out, but I guess, uh, you know, Justify uh, put that in the rear view. Um, You know, I really think, you know, no matter who you like, there's going to be some uh, nice priced horses to put underneath. I mean, when you've got, you know, the... uh, you know, last year's two-year-old champion in the race, who really has not put in bad races at all, game winner. Uh, it's hard to leave him out, and uh, I could talk about some others, but I'm just going to let Rich Ng talk about game winner for a second, whether or not he's on his ticket. Oh, yeah, there's no question that I'm um, using the Bafferts, probably game winner and improbable more than Roadster. I'm not going to throw Roadster out, but uh, I'm going to put uh, – the three horses, maximum security, game winner, and probable definitely in the win spot in my uh, vertical tickets and probably my horizontal bets. I'm actually, uh, if, if maximum security does, does not win and does not run the way I think he can run, I actually uh, like uh, improbable is my second choice uh, to win the race. Uh, you know, even though both the Baffords have run second and second, uh, they're in a pattern where the Derby is their third start of the year. And uh, I you know, just been looking at some of the figure guys who do the sheets and things like that. Uh, it's a very positive trend on both horses that they will run a big race, a big number in the third start. So uh, I, I think you cannot eliminate game wear and or pro- improbable on any of your tickets. Well, I, I kind of think another horse that has to be a part of the conversation and will be a part of my tickets is Tacitus. I mean, the breeding couldn't be any better. I brought that up in the first segment by tapping out of a Eclipse Award winner, Close Hatches. Uh, the trainer couldn't be much better, Hall of Famer Bill Mott, who usually is not on mm-hmm. the Kentucky Derby Trail, but uh, I guess the horse took him there. He didn't necessarily take the horse there. Uh, you know, after this horse's um, maiden start at Belmont, uh, he's been undefeated, and as I uh, told Dan Illman, I've had a chance to watch this horse run both in person and watching some of the uh, morning workout shows. He has an amazing stride, which, you know, I, I think a mile and a quarter is not going to be in his uh, way. You know, I actually caught some nice tickets with the dam uh, closed hatches because she won either, I think it was a Breeders' Cup juvenile. She was like 30 to 1 that day, something like that, if you remember. Uh, she used to come from out of the clouds with a, a big late burst. But uh, well, let me ask you a question. I'm going to I'm going to kind of turn the microphone around. You know, one thing I looked at with Tacitus and Tax, and I, I kind of like both of their chances. But the Wood Memorial's kind of been a dead prep for a long time. Uh, you know, I looked at the top three finishers, and the last Wood Memorial top three finisher to win the Derby was Plentyside in 2003. Now, now there's been a couple of horses that run second and third, but but has not produced a winner in 15 years. Would you, what would you think about a trend like that? Uh, yes, no, maybe. Uh. Well, you know, I, you said it's a trend. Trends come and go. If you go before mm-hmm. Funny Side, Rich, 11 horses came out of the wood to win the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, a little so, horse by the name of Secretariat. Did you ever hear him? You know. Yeah. So, so who knows? I mean, and you've got to admit the West coast horses have been dominant over the last six years, mm-hmm. you know? And so oh, that, that yeah. may figure it into it too, is that the West coast horses have just been so much better. Um, you know, why Mott decided to take that route? Who knows? I know he was trained into pace and park, got, you know, 
the Tampa Bay's right there, went to Tampa Bay. Then, you know, he's from upstate mm-hmm. New York, so he went back up to Aqueduct because uh, probably A, might not have want to ship, and B, you know, see how he did against the uh, the competition on the East Coast. Uh, so, yeah, I, that is a yeah. trend. There's no doubt about it. I'm not denying it, but if you want to go back in history, you can see that the Wood Memorial sure doesn't ring a death knoll for a horse in the Derby. Yeah, you know, and a couple other trends, obviously, is the two Triple Crown horses for Bob Baffert uh, came out of Southern California. And uh, the Florida Derby's been a very good uh, prep lately. Three of the last six Derby winners have come out of the Florida Derby. So uh, for my pocket, I wouldn't mind if that becomes four out of the last seven if maximum security is good enough to get the job done. Good point. Very, very good point. Um, the one horse that, uh, as I told Dan, I think is a sleeper is win, win, win. Man, when you go back and watch the bluegrass, you keep thinking he's one of those top three horses, and he just comes from nowhere, just eating up ground. Looks fantastic. He's looked fantastic since he got to Churchill. Uh, he, they call him uh, Dark Bay or Brown, but he looks black like his sire hat trick, uh, who stands in Japan, and uh, or did. He in the U.S. now, uh, I, I, he he could be a surprising horse. Uh, it's fifteen to one morning line. He may go even longer, uh, and he just had a nightmare trip in the bluegrass. If you saw it, yeah, I did see it. I, I marked him down because of the fact that uh, Keelan uh, was playing more for speed that day, and this horse came from the last. And uh, in the middle of his rally, he got jammed up behind horses at, around the far turn, but. And uh, re-rallied and kicked on for second. I mean, that was a huge effort. And uh, if he hadn't been stopped, who knows? He might have won. Yeah, and, you know, there's just a couple horses that, you know, you're at the Derby, you got this this big field that are going to be bringing down 20 to 1 or something. And uh, another one I like, and if you were listening, I told Dan the same thing. I'm just going to repeat myself, is if you can put a line through the Louisiana Derby War of will, especially if High Cal scratches because he moves out a little bit and won't have to be uh-huh. as pressed to get the lead, uh, could be very, very dangerous in here. And they got him listed at 20 to 1. You know, to me, that's one of the most interesting horses in the field because if, if he had drawn like post nine or something like that, uh, I don't believe he'd be 20 to 1. I think he'd be 12 to 1. And you know, if you can put a, a line through that Louisiana Derby, those other races in the Risen Star of Alacombe, those are terrific races, good figures, and you know this horse uh, would, would have a big chance. I don't know what happened to Louisiana Derby. Really, uh, uh, it's an ugly-looking race, but uh, this horse is capable of turning it around, and he's going to be a monster price, and now uh, doubly so because of that rail post. Yeah, and if his morning works say anything, it tells me that uh, Cassie's sending a uh, a healthy horse uh, to post. So, Ed, before I, uh, before I get to Ed Meyer, uh, Rich Ng, I, I want to know, uh, give me your top three. I'm I'm, I'm handing you a hundred dollars. I'm say, Rich, go make a big straight <laughs> trifecta, and now you got to do it because hell, I never give somebody a hundred bucks. Well, my top three uh, are going to be maximum security, improbable, and game winner. And actually, I'd feel pretty confident if you made an exact box. I think you'd have a, a pretty good chance of cashing. I, I think those three are, are coming up beautiful for, for Bob Baffert, two of them, and maximum security. I know there's a lot of people who don't like this horse, but he's four for four, 
and the Florida Derby has been a, an outstanding prep in the past, past six years. Absolutely. If you're running the slop, you'd rather be kicking it back than taking it in the face. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, always great to, to hear from you. Uh, I'm going to let you go. Before I do, if somebody wants to uh, you know, read some more about uh, what uh, Rich Ng likes or get your opinion on matters, uh, where do they go? Well, uh, I've got a lot of my material at uh, Ralph Sirocco's website, racedaylasvegas.com. But uh, also I have material with uh, cbssportsline.com and also with brisnet.com. So I'm kind of all over the place, John. I, I'm wearing multiple hats this triple count season. Well, we have to this day and age in racing, Rich. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, well, also listen. one last thing. I do write columns for America's Best Racing. I'm one of the contributors uh, twice a month to America's Best Racing website. You are a busy man, Rich Ng, and I thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to us here on Winning Ponies. Anytime, John, anytime. Well, you know, I'm not shy. All right, that was Rich Ng. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back, a man that I really admire. Yeah, that's right. His name's Ed Meyer. We'll be right back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and on the Internet's top talk station, one of the top people I like to talk to on this station, Ed Meyer, Steady Eddie. How are you doing? Doing great, John. Hey, hey, I loved your uh, your last guest, Rich Eng. Actually, many, many moons ago, both of us were at a little track called Turfway Park. I remember. <laughs> Way back when. They used to we bring in all had, kinds uh, of freelance people then. like... Like me and Rich Sirocco and uh, Jeff Pecoro to help with the spiral stakes back in the day. Right. There we go. There's some good names there. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been good? 
I've been doing great. I'll tell you what, I can't believe it's already derby time. It just seems like I was I was waiting for the Holy Bull to run just yesterday at Gulfstream Park. Well, uh, that that's that's behind us. Now, we're going to plenty to talk about the Derby. Uh, as I asked Rich, because I went too long with Dan Elman on the Derby, is uh, l- let me know what you think about the Oaks tomorrow. You know, I, I think it's really full of speed. And tomorrow's, tomorrow's forecast, 76, 60% chance of rain. They do wonders for that track. So I, I'm looking for none the same. I... I'm, I'm exactly, I think these guys are going to have it in, in good shape, and I'm going to try to beat the favorite. There yeah. is a bevy, bevy of speed, John, and I love one by the name of Champagne Anyone. And I, I was really impressed with the Gulfstream Oaks and how far it can go back with Champagne Anyone. It goes back to October 10th of 18. And Champagne Anyone just kind of got everything rocking and rolling at Keeneland going a two-turn mile. And I really like that. Uh, hopped at the start, altered, altered at the start, hopped in the stretch. And Champagne Anyone still got up. Chris Landeros is aboard for his father-in-law, Ian Wilkes. So I'm really kind of looking to celebrate with Champagne Anyone. I like that, and thanks for the inside information. I did not know that was his uh, his father in law. So yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, the cat and Channing Hill. So it's, yeah. uh, you, you figure, hey, this guy's making money for my daughter. I got to put him up. <laughs> <laughs> if not, it, Christmas isn't going to be the same in the uh, the Channing Hill house. I take it, but but he's he's quite the writer as well. I'm kind of surprised. It's only a matter of time before we start seeing his name here. But I agree that this race has lots of speed in it, and therefore I'm looking to upset Bella Fina. She's going to have a lot of comp- company on the front end, and the horses I'm looking at primarily to do that. My biggest odds horse is uh, Lady Apple, who put in a real nice race in the fantasy and has won on a sloppy track. Uh, I also uh, Restless Rider. For McPeak and Brian Hernandez, I'd love to see Larry Jones get his fourth Oaks, uh, especially with Sophie Doyle in the saddle. Uh, Street Band uh, is another horse. All these horses I'm talking about are ones that like to come from off of it. So if if they get softened up on the front end, I, I'd be looking for those those price horses to come. Uh, meanwhile, the the front end horses. Uh, you know, motion of motion is probably the speed of the speed, as they like to say. And you just never know when Sarah Gentry Empress is going to play that catch me if you can game. You know, we just mentioned their names. And as I was going through this, I I kind of made a little mark off to the side. Long shot. Now, long shot in the Oaks goes to the nine Leora, uh, 20 to one Channing Hill for Wayne Catalano. But here's the best part. Now, Leora is one for two on the all-track, so kind of likes a little bit of a softer track. And this softer track happened on November 24th at Churchill in the Goldenrod, where Leora won by a dirty nose and beat me that day at 27-1 with Channing Hill aboard. There is so much speed in here, John, that I'd be hard-pressed to actually say, I think somebody's going to take command of it. But I have to ask you this question about the race coming up, Jaywalk wins the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Is this a jinx that carries over to the Oaks? Uh, I don't know. You know, I was a huge Jaywalk fan. She's absolutely gorgeous. Uh Uh, And uh, is... uh, 
in, in very good hands. I just think like she's not the same this year as she was last year. So uh, sad to say she's probably not going to be on my ticket. Even though her last work down at Keeneland was, was a bullet work at five furlongs, um, she's going to be up there in, in the, uh, the, the, the speed event, and I, I think we'll pay for it dearly in the final eighth of a mile. Well, I don't want to spend too much time with Ed Meyer on the Oaks because we got the big one coming up, and that is the Kentucky Derby. So uh, pretty much anybody that's been listening to this show uh, uh, for the last 45 minutes has already heard me uh, ad nauseum talk about the horses I like. So, Ed, I'm going to let you paint the picture. You know, I'm going to kind of go a little different direction. I'm going to call it the Bob Baffert Sandwich. And with three runners in there, I mean, which is going to be spectacular. And this could be a big time victory if Mr. Baffert can uh, notch at home here. John, I'm in love with Roadster. The Santa Anita Derby was a magical race. You have to go back and really watch it with an open mind. This is a $525,000 Keeneland sales purchase. But the best part of Roadster was saving ground along the rail and just quietly dropped back about eight, nine lengths off of it and exploded, almost looking like they were taking target practice. Lightly raced, four starts, all four in the money, three of which are winners. The San Anita Derby, if you go back and watch this one, and beats game winner that day, who is my second choice with Joel Rosario for Bob Baffert. That's why I came out with a Baffert sandwich here. Game winner, and I asked you about the juvenile jinx from the Breeders' Cup, wins by two and a quarter lengths and owns a pair of bridesmaid efforts here, Two seconds by a nose and a half a length, but I'm still going with the Baffert sandwich and completing my trifecta. I'm going to go with Vacoma, the son of candy rapper George Weaver from Louisville with Javier Castellano in the irons. And uh, Vacoma is a, what do you call a paddle wheeler where they kind of got that, uh, that kind of motion, almost like you're stirring a bowl. Yeah, they used to call them egg beaters where I came from. But yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. My, my uh, you know, she, she's by Candy Ride. She's got a lot of speed on her bottom, though. If you look at their female family, uh, and that uh, I, I don't know if it's a speed-oriented pedigree or not. And again, this will be the probably the first and perhaps only time, unless they race on the grass later in their career, that any of these horses are going to go a mile and a quarter. Agreed. And Vacoma actually is bred to relish and off track. So if we're going to get 85% chance of rain on Derby Day with 67 degrees, Vacoma may be a monster in waiting. Both Sire and Dam went 21% on the mud. Very good. And of course it'll be rainy because I'm going to be down there t- outside taking photos. So <laughs> I can guarantee you it's 99%, you know, but... You know. <laughs> You know, I, I one time saw you do some really good work down there on a Breeders' Cup. And I, I, say, and I remember the compliment you gave me, Ed, and that they still hang with me, to be honest. Did, did, did they not applaud uh, your work? <laughs> yes, I, I nailed it that day. I did. I yes, did. I, yes I, you did. Every now and then, the blind squirrel finds, finds the nut every now and then. Uh, so you're, you're modest. All right, You're now, modest. You're probably going to have a couple bucks left over after you make your your, your trifecta. Uh, who's your long shot play of the day in the Kentucky Derby? Long shot. I, I'm actually. I heard Rich talking about maximum security. I'm not not yet quite sold, and I know it's getting uh, getting kind of late. But I'm going to go thirty to one with Ricardo Santana for Brendan Walsh. 
Plus K Parfait? If I have, if I'm even close there, I'd be lucky. Very no, no, buy. no, very good. You say the S. I I heard a Jenny Reese interview this week. She asked a Frenchman, "How do you pronounce it?" And it is plus K parfait. So you do hey, pronounce the S. Give, put a quarter on my uh, on my list there. Two for two in the money at Churchill, John. I think it's thirty to one. Ricardo Santana. He's winning twenty two percent on the year, forty nine percent in the money. Good enough for me, and I'll tell you what, a 30 to 1, what a completion of a try or a superfecta. Uh, absolutely. It's it's going it's going to be a fun day. It's not going to be fun if you're standing out in the rain, I can tell you that, but I mean, it's going to be fun from a betting perspective because a- as we look at this field, uh, the more and more you just, you know, zoom in on any horse, you can go, you know, and and, and if you want it wouldn't surprise me. We haven't said a word about Shug McGahee. And Code of Honor, who just put in a beautiful mm-hmm. race in the Fountain of Youth, and uh, probably you know stayed back too far on a slow pace in the Florida Derby. Uh, but the fact that uh, John Velasquez, who probably couldn't could have ridden a couple horses in this race, decided to stick with that horse, that would be another one that if he won, we'd go, oh man, I didn't have him on my ticket. But in mm-hmm. retrospect, you go back and look at it and go, you know what? He's legit, and I think there's about five other horses in here uh, that you would say the same thing about. Now, Rich likes maximum security. Do you think he's got a shot from going from flag fall to that's all? No. (laughs) I I really, and it's not to disagree with Rich because he's about as sharp as they come. I think War of Will is going to shoot from the rail under Tyler Gaffleone and just say, catch me if you can for Mark Cassie. One for one at Churchill Downs. I was in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, or excuse me, not the Breeders' I mean, it was on a maiden, but breaks a maiden after the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Once they got off the turf, War of Will started showing good things. I see a whole lot of speed. And, John, we've all looked at that one whole angle. you got to get out or you can get trapped. I see Tyler G going right to the front from the rail. Yeah, and, you know, the the rumors are, and they're pretty solid, that uh, High Cal is leaning more towards scratching than running right now, which yeah. leaves that, which which gets War Will just a couple more feet out and off that rail. If you look back, he does have, you know, not cold wire to wire speed, but he can get well placed, and he can get an on up in there. Uh, and to be honest with you, you know, if you look at his breeding, it's just like Omaha Beach. And the fact that being by Warfront, their connections just assume they'd excel on grass. And they move him to turf. He's a whole other horse. You remember a little horse by the name of Cigar. Same thing, yeah. theatrical. You know, it's like, oh, he's got to be a great grass runner. And so there's just no predicting. Yes, you know, there are definitely things in a horse's pedigree that predict if they'll do well on the grass. But, uh, you know, we found we found out different for sure over the history of racing. Well, Ed Meyer, it has been fantastic to hear from you and uh don't forget I'm, i don't know if you're eligible or not but you know we've got a contest over on winning ponies with uh two hundred dollars cold cash uh and then uh plenty of winning credits you'll probably try to finish uh sixth or seventh so you can get another baseball cap you know what the baseball caps are about as sharp as they come as well still <laughs> love it still and actually have one right here on my desk john if two seconds in race 11 the old Forester turf, number two, Raging Bull at five to one, is my money play of the day. Joel Rosario for Chad Brown. 
All right. You heard it here first on Winning Ponies from my friend Ed Meyer. I want to thank uh, Rich Eng and totally apologize that I said the word Ed near his name. And I also want to thank Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum. Remember, come on over to winningponies.com. Play the contest. It's free. 200 bucks cold cash to the winner. Best of luck, folks. It's the run for the roses on Saturday. I'm John Englehart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.